Hi, my name is Sonia Gomish and I'm a librarian at LSE and a member of Embrace, LSE's Black and Global Majority Staff Network. Embrace was created to build and foster a diverse community of cultural exchange across LSE. Since its inception, the network has grown in its advocacy for issues advancing race equity for students, academics and staff. Embrace the Journey is a four-episode podcast series taking a look at Embrace's history over the years, speaking with the leaders who have shaped the network since it was founded. In this episode, we sat down with Marlene, one of Embrace's earliest chair and a pivotal force who shaped the network into the structure we see today. We discussed the challenges and positive outcomes Marlene faced in creating a network that champions race and diversity issues. Hello, my name is Kojo Piaget and I'm the host of the Embrace the Journey podcast series. Today I'm joined by the amazing Marlene Worrell, who was a pivotal chair who shaped Embrace into what it is today. And we're going to talk a bit about Marlene's experiences, uh, positive outcomes and challenges that come with creating a network that champions the issue of race and diversity within academia. So Marlene, wishing you a warm welcome. I'll hand over the floor to you if you can tell me a little bit about yourself and who you are. Okay, so you've addressed me as Marlene Worrell. That's exactly who I am. I was executive assistant to the directors or the top team at LSC. And then I became, while doing that role, the chair of Embrace. Um, What I'm doing now, I've just finished my master's and I'm currently working um, as a virtual, really doing finance and consultancy work is what I'm doing right now because I'm going to move on to doing my PhD, hopefully, fingers crossed, in October. So that's who I am. That's what I'm about. Um, not sure what more you'd like to know. <laughs> that's 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 perfect. Thank you. Um, congrats on finishing your master's, I'll say, and good luck with the PhD. Thank you. Okay, so can you talk to me about your experiences chairing Embrace extremely early on into its founding? and essentially setting up the structure for what Embrace is today. Um, I I wondered if particularly you can maybe discuss some of the biggest accomplishments you had uh, while leading Embrace. Okay, so my experiences of being the first chair was um, a a really good one, I have to say that first and foremost. Um, It was very challenging um, and I was kind of hitting on ground that hadn't been done before. And I say that because I come from a background where we could speak quite openly about who we were and what we represented. But what I found when I came into education, that wasn't the case. And a lot of the staff hid away and, you know, things such as Black History Month didn't seem to exist. And I found that horrendous. So, you know, I waited for perhaps a year of being there. And then I started to attend some of the events and notice what wasn't there and what was there. And... I started to go across the other universities to see what they were doing. And I noted the chair that was there at the time. She wasn't also at those events, but she hadn't really made plans for LSCs. So, you know, I kind of challenged the, 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 um, the situation and kind of put myself forward. And that's what I'd done. When I'd done that, I realized, wow, what a, 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 um, a mind fault I was about to undertake because In real terms, um, there was nothing in place. There were no committee members who were willing to come on board 
So that was really my first challenge to go ahead and gather a committee um, from scratch. And that was, you know, anyone that was from the corporate departments, academia, or the other departments, anyone that wants to come on board, you know, I would generally meet them and discuss the dream of what I envisaged. And what I did envisage was a BME staff network that represented um, black and minority ethnic. Now, there was a problem there for me as well, because um, my background is a lot about looking at the black experience. And I'm talking about black people from the African and Caribbean descent. And of course, when you start talking about BME, you're including everyone else. So what I had to ensure was one, that there was representation that could cover those areas, but more importantly, to understand that that was what I was gonna push for. And I probably would become against a barrage of um, circumstance. And that is exactly what happened. I was really focused on speaking about the um, journey of black and African Caribbean descent, but I brought people on board that could speak about the Asian experience and that could speak about any other kind of minority experience that they felt they represented. So it wasn't an all black fraternity as once I've been told, but it was um, one that represented everyone that felt they were a minority group. But for me, I was spearheading in real terms, the black um, experience. And that's what I went ahead and done. So most of the um, committee members represented, as I said, a BME kind of crossover. And you know, we built a communication development we built um event related because i think at the time we had no one doing events so i got four members on board got someone to deal with the marketing aspects of communication the finance and we would have regular meetings um to, to discuss what was needed to do my focus was always black history month so my achievements one was definitely getting the committee on board um, it was hard to get them and to encourage them to speak out and to be able to take time. But in doing that, I was able to help change, not just our network, but the networks that were already in place. Because what I'd done was do a cross, you know, cross collaboration work with them. So where they hadn't worked together before, I started to develop that area, understanding that, you know, what, what the language I spoke was that um, Embrace was not just a, a black BME activity. We represented women. We represented anyone that was disabled. We represented, in actual fact, all aspects of all types of the committees that are already on board. But we just happened to be BMAE. So when they saw the synergies and they related, then yes, we started to work closely together, developing events together, which was not really done before I arrived. So that was definitely. Um, a definitely good experience there. Another was to start branding ourselves. So, you know, we got t-shirts in, put Embrace across it. And when we would go to an event, we would promote our area. And again, that was new to a lot of the, um, the, the, the committees at the time. So yes, we got branded and exposed who we were. But then I started to think about who could come on the, um, onto, the, um, onto the campus and talk about the journeys and experience. So, I brought in some couple of high profilers who were probably outspoken, probably a bit more outspoken than maybe LSE may have wanted, but it was 
prevalent for the discussions I was about to undertake. And the first one I done was looking at beauty standards, you know, whose beauty standards are we looking at? And there was a whole debate, not just about, you know, the beauty standards that the whole world looks at as being the place to form, but the, you know, the, the emotional effects that it has on an individual when you don't fit that element. So we had some speakers come in and talk about that. But then we went into our own community and looked at about the fact that there was bleaching in our communities and why and things like that. So, you know, it opened up a lot of debate and, you know, I had a lot of feedback, positive feedback of individuals who wanted to take this further that wanted to do more with that. So that was one area we looked at. And then I looked at um, another area that I was very proud of was the hair story. And I talked about, I've done an exhibition of over 300 images um, looking at our hair pre-enslavement, enslavement and now. And what I showed was a synergy of hair, how we've not changed, we've always been who we are and showed how hair represented us as individual, whether it be in terms of the jobs you do and things like that. I also had key speakers come in who were either in the field of, um, you know, promoting hair um, through selling the products or who could talk about the, the areas of triology in hair, you know, what makes hair bad or good. So that was a very interesting element. And that was the very first time I was able to get one of the, um, the um, directors on board to champion it, as it were. And again, that was unheard of within the, the network. So I think Embrace definitely led in that area where we got ourselves championed. And, you know, now I know that every there is a representative for all of the committee members and committees that come from the, um, um, the, 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 the sorry, the uh, directors that wasn't heard of until Embrace approached that. We also looked at the hours that we were working and being able to take the time off because at the time it was only the chairs that could do that. So through negotiation and discussion with others, we was able to find hours, not just for the chair, deputy chair, and those who were leading on pivotal areas such as events and things like that. They all got hours off of the time or their members of management were written to, to allow them to take the time to do that work. Again, that was new because it was never done. So Embrace slid on that. Um, oh, goodness. I mean, I could think of a million things. And I wish I, you know, really focused properly on this. But, you know, the point is, I think that we were, um, we led the way in a lot of initiatives that I think now are being followed by many others. It wasn't there when I arrived. Um, but, yeah, and I, and I, as I said, I brought that language. And I know I brought the language of... Um, the whole conception of speaking about blackness and not being fearful about it. Because, you know, it's very often that you can talk about B-A-M-E, but you're not allowed to say the word black and mean what I was saying. And I was quite strong-willed about that. I did have opponents against that. I know that some people felt very uncomfortable with what I was doing, not within the committee, but definitely outside of the committee. But I stood my ground because I feel like it's okay for us to call ourselves BME. But then that just throws us in the mix of everything. How do we stand out as alone? And I wanted to showcase that. So I maintained that. Um, so yeah, those are some of the accomplishments that I can think of at the top of my head. And I'm sure there are more, but there they are for now. 
I'm sure that that is a really fantastic overview, I think, of um, accomplishments and challenges. I believe you framed it really, really well. Um, your experiences uh, leading Embrace and like I, like I mentioned that earlier, um, establishing the structures for really and truly what Embrace is today. This is obviously um, the first time we've had the chance to meet. And I think as an Embrace member, it's been really fascinating for me to see the same structures that you're talking about establishing back when you were chair are the same structures that are in place today from the organization of I mean obviously it's evolved over time but committee members in terms of marketing finance and um, how Embrace does events and 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 you touched upon a really important point I thought which is just allyship and how Embrace is really passionate and and um, always pursuing allies across the school um, that whilst we are BAME staff um, we're also so much more than that and there's so many different intersectionalities that factor into that and um, we, we it, at, at, well, core to embrace is connecting with with people, is building a community, is, is supporting each other. And I think um, your your experience of chairing really encapsulates that as well. Thank you. I wanna I wanna move forward and um, ask you, I guess more, more personally, like what did you most enjoy about your embrace experience? What what stands out to you and you reflect as like that kind of gives you that sense of personal fulfillment that this I'm happy I did this it was the committee it was the committee you know their first the encouragement for them to do it and seeing them move to do it it really it showed me that actually you know you can have an idea you can have a concept but unless you have the people it just doesn't happen and they done it, you know, they, you know, whatever challenges we met, they always met. I mean, one of the things I forgot to mention was the staff briefings that are held by Andrew Young. Uh, Embrace was the first to do that, um, to kind of put their self forward and say, let's talk about what we do and who we are. So that the whole of LSE could learn about what we was doing. And, you know, it, you know, it, the, the members, the committee members, you know, there was those that were leading and they were doing things like creating new areas of things like discussing, um, reading books with other members of staff right across the, uh, and discussing those books. They normally are BME books, but it was just having that regular slot in the diary where you knew you could go and members of staff would join and read books about your experience. That was a beautiful thing to experience. And I didn't leave that. That was just the members constantly always coming up with great ideas on how we could move forward, what we could do. Um, I think the deputy who I gave the role to, that was a, a wonderful experience to have worked with her because I know she's now left, but the thing was she was a manager and she had the skill set that, you know, she was already kind of recognized in the organization. But she had never crossed over to this area of BME. So we were learning from each other. And I think, you know, when I handed the role over to her, I felt so confident that she was going to take it to another level. And that was the thing with Embrace. There was always going to be room for it to grow to another atmosphere. I, 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 I'm, I'm proud to have been a part of that initiative, but I'm definitely proud to have known that actually we put this on the agenda because as I said earlier to you black history did not exist a month at LSE and now I know it's incorporated many others talk about it I know that when there was the whole black 
movement taking place when we were on lockdown because of George Floyd and others were writing to me. I'd left LSE by then, but others were writing to me, asking me questions about how they could take things forward. And I thought it was a fantastic opportunity for Embrace to really stand up. I mean, if I was there, I would probably done something really crazy and drive everyone insane. But the point was, I think my, yeah, for me, just the committee, the fact that they, you know, they knew that they were kind of homing into grounds that are not always comfortable and others didn't want to speak about it, but they were willing to do it. They had great ideas about how to move Embrace forward outside of the framework that I already had. Um, and they opened up other areas, as you say, you know, that whole kind of alliance. We started the process, they developed it, they took it further. So I think without those committee members, it would never have been what it was. And that's what I feel very proud of. And the communications that I built, the friendships that I developed from them, but across the campus with students, because I forgot to mention the relationships we built with um, the student members and doing the ally work with them. That was a fantastic experience. So my experience with the committees, the communications that I, and relationships that I've built with others across the campus and outside of that as well, because we've done things like go and form relationships with other universities so we could do cross work as well. Just meeting them and doing those dialogues was amazing. So those are some of the things that I'm very proud of. Thank you. Um, I will be talking to your former deputy, actually, on the next episode, uh, Marianne. Marianne, beautiful. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to um, continuing this this journey through through embracing mm. history with her. Um, okay, so one final question before I uh, uh, let you go. What do you think LSE needs to do to advance race equity? Um, obviously, I know you're a couple of years removed from LSE but maybe if you cast your mind to where it was, or even if you're familiar with where it's currently at, what, what do you think would be useful for LSE to take on board to advance race equity? Okay, so I'm going to be really direct here, okay? Because one of the things I didn't mention, you know, I went on to do my master's in looking at the black experience, okay? And that's what I'll be doing again in my, my PhD. So I'm very clear that actually LSE is a representation of a very high established organization. They want to advance race equality. They have to really kind of sort things out at home first. And those things are seeing representation at a management level right across the board. I don't think that was there enough um, and it needs to be because you cannot run an organization where you want to talk about black experience but you actually don't help the black experience. I was very clear about that. And I think it got me into a lot of trouble in the end anyway, because I said things that may have not been useful to LSC and they saw me as a challenge really. But that's fine because I don't think LSC is alone in the race advancement. It's a, it's a, it's a global thing, yeah. But you really want change, then you need representation at a management level. You need to allow individuals to feel comfortable, to stay who they are without hiding about what they are. So for instance, if you are gay and lesbian, um, gay or a female in, in, in LSE, you can be proud. You can speak loud about it and it's respected and it's managed and they do over and above 
abundance for that particular area. Nothing wrong with that because they are in the same situation as BME. But what I find is that BME is the least one. We're always fighting for a crumb in something. And I don't think that's right. I think that equality all the way, if you're going to give it to, you know, the, the community um, of women, like, you know, you'll do um, um, Athena Swan, but race equality has been pushed down. Why? You know, you've got to take this serious. It is a serious matter. And LSE is a representation, as I said, across the board, but they have students that come into that organisation who we know have to go through so much. I, I don't know how much I'm explicit I'm allowed to be in this, but the reality is, I'm sorry, if you want change, then you have to make that change. And you have to change the mental that's been here forever, which is BME is at the bottom of the pile. And that's the reality of it. I'm speaking blunt because it's what I feel, it's what I think. And that's what my fight always was about, was changing that mindset. You know, we have an equal element to the table, we say, and we have fought for that. There's, and I think that is true. We do have a, an equal element to the table, but do we? Do we really? And that's a question that one I would put to the committee members. Do you really? You know, are you honest enough to agree that you really do? But then also, you know, the committee themselves, they need to stand up and be strong and talk to LSE about race a lot, not just Black History Month throughout the whole year. Talk about it. You know, whatever events you do, whatever papers you're writing, always homing into that area so that it's on the agenda all the time. It's never forgotten. It's not just used, used when George Floyd dies or used when this happens. No, it is pivoted across the board. So that's how LSE could do it. And they could do it. They could easily do it. They have a lot of great staff members there. It's been there for years, doing amazing work. And they need to push them up a bit. You know, bring them up to a higher level management. I'm not talking about first management or second management. I'm talking about executive. Where is the representation there? Someone who has curly hair and has a, a tone is not sufficient. I want to see representation from what I call blackness. And um, I know we talk about being me because we're always being polite and nice. But for me, I would want to see representation from someone from a black African or Caribbean descent at executive level, because then you know that there is a real change here. And until I see that, I don't think nothing's gonna change. Where's your real representation? Someone that understands your real cause, because the problem is until you have someone that is like you, and that could be Asian, that could be from another minority group, until you have that representation, they won't really know your dilemma. They'll hear it and they'll try and amend it and tick a box for you, but they don't understand it. And that's a part of that. So again, yeah, it's about LSE recognizing those aspects of things. Thank you. I think that's a really powerful point um, or powerful points you've made, um, particularly on highlighting how we've seen a lot of great progress with initiatives like Athena Swan, but 
when you are a BAME person, it can feel like, you know, you're still fighting for that same sense of progress. Um, so I think, I think that's, that's, that's quite um, an important note to end on. Um, and Marlene, I'd like to thank you for your time you're and welcome. for all the work you put into establishing Embrace and making it what it is today. Um, I think Embrace is all the better for your contributions. Thank you. It will draw this so close. To, uh, thank you for listening, everyone, and do have a lovely day ahead. Thank you for tuning in. Join us for the next episode where we will sit down with Marianne Wernicke and Ikena Ochulunu, who co-chaired Embrace during the peak of the COVID-19 pandemic and global Black Lives Matter protests.